Presented by the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network. Good morning, everyone. I'm Playbook co-author Ryan Lizza. It's Friday, February 9th, and what's driving the day is the fallout over the Robert Herr report. The special counsel last night issued a stinging report about Joe Biden's handling of classified materials over his decades-long career in politics. And while Herr did not recommend any criminal charges, he included some language in the 388-page document that is having major political implications. President Biden himself responded to the report last night at a press conference at which he both condemned some of the personal shots her took at him about his memory, but also perhaps confirmed those criticisms when he mixed up Mexico and Egypt. Joining me now to talk about all of this is national correspondent Betsy Woodruff-Swan, who is covering the special counsel's investigation. Good morning, Betsy. Hi there. Good morning. I know the report is 388 pages, and we've got five minutes. So <laughs> let's quickly break down what the special report said. The very first two sentences of this report uh, in synopsis are Rob Herr, the special counsel, and his team concluded that it would not have been justified for them to bring criminal charges against President Biden for his handling of classified documents. And essentially, they concluded that they would have made this decision even if the Justice Department's current policy didn't prohibit prosecuting sitting presidents. Now, that's right. This wasn't just a like, oh, he's president, so we can't, you know, we can't. Exactly. Him. Now, those are about the only two good sentences for Biden in this report. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it is uh, the White House is not going to see it as super helpful. Uh, it goes through Biden's history, both before being vice president, during his time as vice president, of course, after his time in the vice presidency of mishandling classified documents. Uh, it talks about documents from a, a trip that he went on to Eastern Europe in the 1970s as a senator that were marked as classified being discovered in his personal possession in an insecure storage facility. It talks about how when he was the vice president, when he was in government, members of his own national security staff were significantly concerned and agitated by the fact that he wouldn't regularly and promptly return briefing books that had sensitive classified material, and that sometimes when he returned those books, portions of them would be missing. And in fact, this generated so much concern that one of his national security staffers basically had to sit down and said, hey, we're going to be rolling out some new security best practices so that these briefing books stop disappearing uh, or stop going on lengthy hiatuses, but that even that didn't solve the problem. And then, of course, the report has pictures uh, coming soon to a Republican uh, presidential ad near you that show cardboard boxes in Biden's very messy garage of his home in Wilmington, Delaware, uh, where, you know, boxes containing sensitive national security secrets are next to old lamps and unused pieces of fitness equipment. That obviously raises the next big question of, so why isn't he facing criminal charges? The The positive reason that he's not facing criminal charges, positive for the president, is that there aren't what are called aggravating factors. There's not other bad stuff that Biden did in relation to 
his improper uh, storage and retention of classified material. In other words, what would that be? Like he tried to like sell the documents or something or? So at the beginning of the report, they compare him to another former president. Who's Who is that? Classified Was there another case? Oh, yeah. Trump. They say, here's the difference. The difference is that Trump allegedly obstructed justice, got people to move boxes around, refused to return documents for more than a year, made matters much, much worse, asked people to lie to the government on his behalf. Whereas in Biden's case, when these classified materials were discovered, his lawyers brought them to the attention of the National Archives, brought them to the attention of U.S. government officials, and then they cooperated with FBI searches of the relevant facilities. President Biden himself sat for a voluntary interview with the FBI investigators. So that's all stuff where if you're in the White House, you say thumbs up. Thank you for saying this, Rob Herr. And it's stuff from a dispassionate perspective where it's like, yeah, it makes sense that if somebody does something wrong, but then they cooperate, they're helpful. They basically you know, do their best to make it right. That decreases the likelihood of criminal charges. Now, the other reason that the report gives for not bringing charges against Biden is that uh, it says Biden would be would be able to defend himself on the witness stand by saying that he is an elderly man with a poor memory who forgets things regularly. And the report says Biden would be able to persuasively make this defense because he is an elderly man with a poor memory who forgets things. And then the report goes into uh, very embarrassing details from the interview that Robert's team conducted. And of course, that characterization of Biden coming from highly serious, credible law enforcement professionals is um, is pretty extraordinary. Do you have any, you know, theories or insights into why it was written in the way that it was and plucked some of these um, some of these details that were both one damaging and two seem to go a little bit beyond just the just the facts, uh, you know, Joe Friday style recitation? One thing that prosecutors always have to think about when they're deciding whether or not to bring charges is not just the question of whether or not the person they investigated committed a crime and whether or not the person they investigated deserves to go to prison, but also whether or not they will be able to prove to a jury of 12 randomly chosen people that the person committed the crime and deserves to go to prison. And so prosecutors are often just sort of imaginatively trying to inhabit the heads of random jurors This is something that also came up a little bit as background noise in the Hunter Biden uh, conversations that that prosecutors had as they were trying to sort of deal with a roller coaster of of um, decisions about whether or not to charge the president's son. And in the case of President Biden, one thing that her makes clear in the very first pages of his report is that Biden would have what prosecutors refer to as jury appeal. He's the kind of defendant who juries would be likely to view with sympathy and affection rather than with skepticism and hostility. I mean, there are yeah, there, there are different ways to write that, though, aren't there? I mean, there you you could emphasize his likability, or you could emphasize his age and lack of uh, memory. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. No doubt uh, her leaned into it. Um, You know, that said, prosecutors bring criminal charges against likable people all the time. 
the reason that uh, Biden's, you know, uh, let's say alleged uh, memory lapses, alleged faulty mental faculties are relevant is that a defense that Biden would have been able to make on this imaginary at this imaginary trial would be you can't say that I willfully retained classified documents because I forgot they were there and then I read them one time and I forgot to send them back. I'm just a forgetful old man. I forget things. Having a poor memory is not a crime. And that's the kind of argument that would be admissible in court that juries would have to weigh, that jurors would have to weigh when deciding whether or not to hand down a guilty verdict. Finally, Betsy, what does this uh, episode tell us about Joe Biden's decision to appoint Merrick Garland and sort of fetishize in just a Justice Department that is independent. You know, the problem with an independent Justice Department, if you're the White House, is that it's independent. And that means sometimes <laughs> and that means sometimes things don't go the way you'd want them to. What what this highlights is the uh, extraordinary importance of kind of the disposition, personality, uh, principles, and priorities of whoever becomes attorney general. Um, Biden could have chosen someone who had a political background and who was one of his political allies to nominate for this role, but he deliberately chose Garland, as he said at the time, because he wanted there to be plenty of daylight between the White House and the Justice Department, uh, and he wanted to try to rectify some of of what of what Democrats and and many legal observers have said were real abuses during the Trump administration in terms of White House pressure on DOJ. Biden said we're not having any of that. DOJ is going to be independent, and he chose Garland, who uh, you know was not not a friend, not a not a pal to take over DOJ. And the result, of course, is that the Justice Department is sort of flexing its independence in ways that are going to be incredibly politically damaging to Biden. Betsy, thank you very, very much for breaking all that down. It was excellent. Sure thing. Thanks for having me, Ryan. And on Playbook Deep Dive this week, Senator Chris Murphy, the Democratic lead on the failed border security and Ukraine bill, tells me the inside story of how the compromise came together and the intense personal pain of seeing it all fall apart so quickly. For your schedule today, the Senate is in, the House is out, and President Biden will hold a bilateral meeting with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz at the White House. The music of today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Callan Tanzel Suddeth is our podcast producer. Annie Reese is managing producer. Mike DeBonis and Zach Stanton are our editors. I'm Ryan Lizza. Thanks for listening. Think you can't make time? Think again. Congress, access to innovation and early detection makes time for cancer patients and their families. Multi-cancer early detection tests have the potential to screen for dozens of cancers with a simple blood test. The American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network urges Congress to pass H.R. 2407 and S-2085 to create a pathway to access in Medicare once FDA approved and clinical benefit is shown. Visit fightcancer.org.